It's something for nothing. The Rush fan cast, Steve and Jerry with you. Hey, Jerry, what's going on? Oh, hi, Steve. I, I didn't see you there. <laughs> you know, we were just talking off the podcast, and our off podcast banter was better than our on podcast banter. Yeah, it's probably the same. You think? Yeah, not good either way. I don't know. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at Rush Fancast, Instagram, we are at The Rushcast. Email Jerry, TheRushcast at gmail.com. Lex did the bass intro and outro today. He's fantastic. We've got a great episode coming up for you. At least we hope we do. Yeah. But before we get into it, Jerry's got an email for you, as he always does. I do. Um, this one's from Tyler, and it's about the 40th anniversary of Moving Pictures. And he says, discovered your podcast as Moving Pictures was celebrating its 40th anniversary. I was looking to geek out with someone, and you and Steve provided the much-needed rush I was looking for. Uh, and then he says, please forgive the pun. <laughs> your four episodes, I can't believe we did four episodes on Moving Pictures. We did, that's crazy. Your four episodes on the album were excellent, and as such, I have been binging your content since. I wanted to send you kudos and thanks, and please keep up the good work. I have three Rush stories I have to share with you, as I know you'll appreciate various aspects of each. Oh, wow. Three. This is great. The first one is, I bought my first Rush album, Moving Pictures, at 16. I had to have some of the songs I loved hearing on the radio. As I passed the disc to the clerk at the record store, he looked at me in the eyes and said, this is a great choice. <laughs> of course it is. I know. I just, you know, people who work at record stores. In 2008, this is the second one. In 2008, I was the event manager at the Hammerstein Ballroom in Midtown Manhattan when Neil Peart headlined the Buddy Rich Memorial Concert. Oh, wow. As the event manager, I had full run of the place and often was able to mingle backstage with the artists I wanted to meet. Before the show, I went backstage to introduce myself to Neil and thank him for all the joy he provided me throughout my fairly young life. He was 26 at the time. I did not yet know what Neil was like because at the time, I was a casual Rush fan. I arrived at his dressing room door and a security guard who was not part of my team was stationed at his door. He stopped me and I explained who I was and what I was attempting to do. <laughs> then he politely told me that it was not going to work out like that today and that I was not welcome. I was gobsmacked. Of course, later this made all the sense in the world. Needless to say, the show absolutely blew me away and I have been a fanatical Rush devotee since. And this is the third one. On the Clockwork Angels tour, I saw both the Brooklyn and Boston shows. At the Boston show, I really wanted to get some merch, but nothing was speaking to me. In the row in front of me was a man wearing an original Power Windows t-shirt. I told him that I'd rather buy his shirt than any of the ones they had for sale. And he said, really? Because I'd rather have a new shirt. Wow. I told him, here is $40. Go get your new shirt. He immediately took off his shirt and gave it to me on the spot. Fortunately, he had a work shirt to wear to the merch booth. Rush fans are the best. And the shirt is amazing. Wow. That's interesting. I don't know if I could just wear a shirt that somebody else was wearing five minutes before. Could you? Um, well, he didn't say he put it on. I bet you he did. I, he probably did, yeah. Probably <laughs> did. I mean, I guess so. I just, I don't know. Maybe not. And as you were reading that story about him going to meet Neil, I'm thinking to myself, there's no way he <laughs> met Neil. <laughs> and he didn't. I know, the naivete of youth, right? Yeah, really. 26 years old and thought he could meet Neil. Come on. Come on, man. Come on. So, Jared, today on Something for Nothing, we've got a special treat for our listeners. This has been one of 
our listeners' most requested episodes. I know, it's crazy, right? Episode 71, we did Rush covers. So we each picked five Rush songs that were covered by other artists, and we talked about them, and it was a lot of fun. It was. It was fun for us. It was fun for us, and I think it was fun for our listeners, too. It was. It was really fun for our listeners. And so much so that they all emailed us and said, hey, you forgot about this one, and you forgot about that one, and you forgot about this one. Yep. And they also loved the ones we picked, so we're going to do it again. Yeah, we're going to do it again. So why don't we get right into it, Jar? Oh, sure. Why don't you start with your first pick? Let's hear it. Well, my first pick is a band from Norway called Enslaved. Enslaved? Enslaved. They are, uh, you know, a, a death metal type band. But they do a cover of Earthshine, which I just think is an interesting song choice. Well, let's take a listen. quality because it's a live recording i tried to look to see if they had done it on vinyl or something but they they haven't but i just think it's a great i mean earthshine is probably one of the most random songs you could ever pick to cover and they're uh, you know this this hardcore metal band from norway yeah and it sounds really good it sounds like it should be a death metal song yeah absolutely and the band remember last time steve you did all this research about the bands you picked and i did none so this time you did well i did a little (laughs) this band has 15 full-length albums wow really and their most recent one was in 2020 now did they do Earthshine on any of those 15 albums i couldn't find it no it was just this live version they just decided to throw it into a live show i think it's really cool i know i think it's great if we're ever in norway we can catch them I'm sure. I would love to go to Norway. Did you ever see the show Lilyhammer on Netflix? No. Steven Van Zandt is in it. Oh, okay. Good show. Really good show. And it's filmed in Norway. It's beautiful. Interesting. Why do I know the name Lilyhammer? Lilyhammer is where the, the Olympics were. Yeah, the Olympics were. Okay. Right. So my first choice, Jer, is a band that we really forgot. We didn't forget about the first time we did this. 
but sort of overlooked them because we just spoke to them on the podcast. Yeah. And it's why, why not? And of course, their Rush covers are fantastic. Mm-hmm. And here's their version of Fly By Night. I love her phrasing in this song. Yeah, it's fantastic. Really is. Yeah. So why'd you pick this one out of all of the covers that they do? Why pick this one? I don't know. This one just jumped out at me as just a great rendition of Fly By Night. Yeah. And I'm not sure, but this may have been one of the first videos that Why Why Not did of a Rush song. You know, they did the, uh, the four squares kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Which has become commonplace now in the pandemic. Yeah. Many bands are doing this, but why, why not started doing it? Because they live in four different locations. So right. it just made sense for them. But a uh, terrific solo by Billy Alexander. And of course, yeah. Tim Starachi's bass tone is out of this world. Yeah, really, man. That's crazy on that bass. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And you can check out why, why not at why, why not band.com. And to find out more about them, we could talk about them, but listen to our podcast, episode 55, we talked to Why Why Not. Yeah. So check it out. Mm-hmm. So, Jared, what's your number two pick? My second pick is a band called Allegion. I think that's how it's pronounced. Allegion. It's spelled A-L-L-A-G-A-E-O-N. Okay. But I think it's pronounced Allegion. And they do a cover of Animate. Another random song for a band to cover. Okay, let's check it out.
So what did you discover about the Legion, Joe? Well, they're from Fort Collins, Colorado. Oh, wow. They're classified as technical melodic death metal. Technical melodic death metal. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, that's about it. <laughs> that's all I know about them. But on their, this is something interesting on their Wikipedia page. They sound like the, the perfect band for someone who likes Rush. I didn't really look too much into their catalog. But on their Wikipedia page, it says this. Lyrically, they deal with scientific themes exploring things like the theory of evolution and biology, physics, cryonics, Dyson spheres, the probability of alien life in the universe, stem cell research, and artificial intelligence. Wow. So, there you go. Now, did you check out any of their other music? No, I didn't have a chance to, but I'm definitely going to with that kind of list of songs. Oh, yeah. And, and like we said on our previous covers episode, any band who does a Rush cover is okay in my book. Yeah. And, but what I love about this cover, though, is that they, they find the groove in that song. If you listen to the whole thing, uh, the guitar and the, and the groove changes with every verse, it seems to anyway. Mm-hmm. They just find the, I don't know, the meat in there, and they just keep on chewing it up. It's amazing. And the drummer... He's a metal drummer, right? He's got like the, the double bass and he's just going crazy on that double bass. It's a, it really is an amazing version. And animates a fantastic song. So right. any version of it's going to be great. I just like the fact that they did something unusual, a cover that's unusual. Right. And that, that's what you're going to find with all of these covers that we picked today, pretty much. With the exception of uh, the Why Why Not song is pretty close to the original. Yeah. But a lot of these aren't. Right. And that's what I love about them. And my number two pick is one of those. Okay. The band is called Silver Sun. Now, this was suggested to me by two of our listeners, Jer. I had never heard this song before. Listener Derek Shervenak, who is the Silver Hammer Handyman, if you recall. I do recall. And one of our longtime listeners, Stuart Borland from Scotland, suggested this to us. Well, here it is. Paradise, 
last thing I would expect is a power pop version of Xanadu, Jer. <laughs> right? Right. I looked it up. It's four minutes long. Right. They just cut right to the chase. You know what yep. I mean? They have the, the intro. It, it's got elements of the, of the long intro, but then mm-hmm. they just get right to it. I love it. It's a really good version. Yeah, it's great. They're a British power pop band that was formed in 1995 in Camden, London. They have two major label releases and six albums overall. And I'd never heard of them, Jer. Neither have I. So Xanadu is the B-side of a single called Too Much, Too Little, Too Late. It was also on the 1998 EP of the same name. Okay. And I, I just love it. It's short. It's to the point. Like you said, it gets right to it. Yeah. And if you didn't know Rush, you would think it was their song. Oh, yeah. And you would say, oh, this is a great song. This is a great song. Right. I bet you if you, if you liked this version and then you heard the Rush version, you might be like, hmm, that's a weird, that's a weird version. <laughs> weird for Rush to cover Silver Sun like that. <laughs> that's strange. Are they still around? I don't know. I don't know. I did not find that out. But thanks to Derek and Stuart for pointing that one out. A great, great version. So, Jared, what's your number three? Well, my number three is by Cyril Neville. Oh. It's called Working Man. This one's great. have we never heard this before jack i don't know man what a groovy groovy version right it's amazing i think this is the best one that we're going to play today oh really i think so i don't know it's tough but if it's not the best one it's up there yeah definitely and you know this guy is um part of the the neville family you know what i mean all of his brothers aaron neville aaron neville he's okay his brother aaron neville um and he was in a band called the meters i guess in the I don't know when it was, 70s maybe, late 60s. And they had this, you would recognize this song. You don't, you're probably not going to know the name. It's called the Sissy Strut. It's okay. an instrumental, but you have absolutely heard it somewhere because I heard it somewhere. It's, fa- it's a fantastic song. But this version, man, funky, 
and just, I don't know, he's got some wah-wah pedal there on the guitar. It's like it was written for him. I know. His voice just is perfect for it. This may sound crazy. This is going to sound really crazy, but I almost think this is better than Rush's version. Ooh, so Steve. I mean, is that wrong to say? How many emails are you trying to get? <laughs> oh my God. How, how dare you? I think it fits this guy better than it fits Rush. Well, that, yeah, I, I, he definitely made it his own. I mean, it is a fantastic, fantastic version. I may have to cut that out, huh? <laughs> no, yeah, keep it in. Why not? I mean, it's just so good. Yeah, it is. It is totally good. I mean, again, uh, you know, the groove that he finds in this song, which is there, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, even during the solo and stuff like that, it's different from the, the original song, but yet captures the, the, the cool spirit of it. But again, that groove, it's awesome. Great pick, Jared. Did you find this one yourself or did someone point this one out to you? Um, I just searched, I, I searched for, you know, rush covers and this was one of the ones that came up. So I don't think anybody sent it to me, although, uh, maybe they did. I don't, I don't think so though. <laughs> <laughs> well, well this one, uh, that's my next pick is one that I just kind of stumbled upon and it's a pianist named Jeffrey Keezer. And this is his version of limelight. What do you think of that, Jer? Well, I like it, but it's definitely like a, like a piano man kind of version, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Some guy playing in a in a bar somewhere with a you know a tip jar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was recorded live in San Diego on April 9th, twenty thirteen, for KSDS's Jazz Live Concert Series. 
but it also appears on his solo piano CD, Heart of the Piano. It's definitely, um, it reminds me of the, of the Richard Cheese version of the trees, only, you know. <laughs> Without vocals. Not as snarky. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, I did a little research on Jeffrey. He's a multiple Grammy-nominated pianist, composer, and arranger. He played in jazz clubs as a teenager with Art Blakey at age 18, toured with Joshua Redman, Benny Golson, Ray Brown, David Sanborn, among others. And apparently he's a Rush fan. I mean, if you watch this video, the look on his face, he's got so much joy in his face when he's playing this. Yeah. Loves it. Yeah. And it's such a unique arrangement, too. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is the arrangement's really cool. Yeah. But that's a, that's a, that's a jazzy thing, right? To just kind of hit the, hit the highlights sometimes and noodle, noodle around it. Mm-hmm. But this reminds me about what you were saying last time that, you know, a good song is a good song, no matter what genre you play it in. Yep. Limelight's a fantastic song and you can make it a death metal song. You can make it a jazzy piano tune and right. it's still fantastic. Yeah. It survives. It survives. It can survive anything. It could survive you doing it, Jer. I know it's, it's the, <laughs> it's the water bear of, of music. Uh, I don't think, no, it could it absolutely could not survive me doing it. No way. <laughs> Nothing we, survives that. We should test it out. See if it, it could survive that. Um, okay. We'll give it a shot next week on a future podcast. <laughs> What's your number four picture? Are you trying to say that on a future podcast, we should, should, <laughs> should record some covers. That's a, that's a terrible idea, Steve. That is a disaster. I, I agree. Thing. It's a terrible idea. We're not going to do it. What's your number four picture? Well, it's Martin Miller and Paul Gilbert doing a cover of YYZ. And you might remember Paul Gilbert because he was in Mr. Big. Now, is this the same Paul Gilbert? Yeah, I think so. Oh, wow. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. Well, let's check it out.
fantastic, right? Oh, it's it's fabulous. And I love that pause there. I don't know why. It was a little bit longer pause, but it was great. Yeah, I know. That pause is, is like, did they just forget to come back in? Or? <laughs> <laughs> but again, like the drummer is just killing it with the bass drum. He's just going all over the place. And at the beginning, uh, Paul Gilbert's playing with a slide. Mm-hmm. And it just sounds amazing. Yeah, it's great. It's great. And he's a great guitarist. He had a couple of solo albums out too in the eighties. I think he was one of those guitarists that, you know, those heavy metal guitar guys that put out solo albums like Tony McAlpine and Yngwie Malmsteen. Yeah. He was one of those guys. Then if you watch the video, like I did, uh, during the solo, during Alex, you know, Alex's solo, some guy who's in the room, I don't know who he is, uses his finger to bar at like the seventh fret while Paul Gilbert is soloing. So some other guy, some other guy just walks up behind him and sticks his finger, (laughs) bars the strings (laughs) at like the seventh fret uh, while Gilbert's soloing. Wow. It's It's the oddest thing I've ever seen. That's funny. Our listeners will have to check that out. Martin Miller and Paul Gilbert. You sure that's how to pronounce his name? You sure he's not Gilbert? I don't know. I don't know. Gilbert? Paul Gilbert. I thought that's what it was. Are you kidding me? I, I, I could be. I could be wrong. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe I just said it that way because it sounds cooler. Oh, maybe. Well, <laughs> somebody will tell us. I would assume it was Gilbert, but it's like the cat on Caillou. I think it might be a hockey player that's uh, named Gilbert. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know hockey players. Anyway, my next pick is by the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra and it's their version of Subdivisions. Shopping malls, come for the bigger sounds in 
Now, this is a whole album, right? This is a whole album. This is a whole album. The Royal Philharmonic Orchestra did a whole album of Rush songs. And I had never listened to it until just this week. I was driving around with my son in the car, and we listened to the whole album. I'll give you the track listing. So it's 2112 Overture, The Spirit of Radio, Tom Sawyer, Subdivisions, Closer to the Heart, Red Barchetta, Limelight, Working Man, and Fly by Night. Oh, I mean, all classic Rush songs. Yeah. And I had never listened to it. And they, I think they did an album of Yes songs as well and a couple of other bands. But I'm kind of on the fence on this one, Jar. It's good. I like it, but it's, and I say I'm on the fence because it's not the type of thing I would pop into the CD player and listen to again. Right. So why'd you put it on the list? Because I, I thought it was an interesting choice. Yeah. The, the, under the comments in the video on YouTube, somebody said, uh, Les Mis meets Rush. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's good. It's well done. It sounds great, but I wouldn't listen to it. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah. I feel that way about all classical music. If you like, I would, I've, I've been to, you know, classical music concerts and it's fantastic, but I would never, you know, sit down and listen to classical music or driving around listening to classical music. I just wonder how many Rush fans bought this album and actually listened to it. I don't know. And how many classical music fans or fans of the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra who aren't Rush fans would buy this and say, oh, wow, this is fantastic. I can't answer either of those questions, Steve. Basically, you're asking, who would buy this? Who would buy this? Exactly. (laughs) Who would buy it? I listened to it on Spotify, and that's the end of it for me. Yeah. It's not bad. Don't get me wrong. It's just not not the type of thing I would listen to is all I'm getting at. Right. I mean, obviously, these people can sing and play. They're, They're great. But the thing that was missing, and you have to listen to the whole record to kind of get the gist of it, there was just something missing. Like when you're listening to Red Barchetta, the Rush version of Red Barchetta, there's points in the song. We talked about this when we talked about moving pictures. There's points in the song where it just kicks in and it's just, yeah, you know? Yeah. It's missing that. It doesn't have that oomph that the Rush versions have. It's good. It's well done. There's not vocals on every track. This is one of the few ones that had vocals. But it's missing that little something that the Rush songs have that these don't just something that drives the song along. It's just, just not there for me. I wonder if that's because, you know, I guess their audience really is the classical audience. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's just no, no room for oomph in a classical rendition of a song. Yeah. I just wonder if classical music fans would think this is cheesy. Oh, I don't know. Probably. Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. I, I thought it was an interesting choice. Just something to, to think about. Yeah. If anybody uh, out there wants to school us on classical music, feel free. Maybe Nathan Santos will. He, he knows everything. Oh yeah. He, he won't. He'll definitely do that. He'll fill us in. That's awesome. Yep. All right, Jerry, I think we're to your last pick. Am I correct? Yeah, it's my last pick, but in my head, it's my first pick. You know I mean? Like it's like number one. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like I, in my head, I'm counting down five to one. Okay. I didn't do it that way. I just, it was just random for me, but, uh, no. this is number one for you. Okay. This one, somebody definitely sent me a link to this video, but I, for the life of me, I, I couldn't find the, I couldn't find the email. So 
I, I apologize for that. It's a version of La Villa Strangiato by two people from the University of Sao Paulo in Brazil. Okay. Uh, named Carolina Rainey and Kiber Tertilano. That sounds right. Okay. And she plays the marimba, which is an enormous, enormous wooden percussion instrument. Like a, it's like a gigantic glockenspiel made of wood. And he plays the vibraphone and the glockenspiel. And it's one of the most incredible things I've ever heard.
This is incredible, Jer. I know. Th- these two people are masters of those instruments. If you watch the video, and they each have two mallets in each hand playing this. And if you really, if you watch, I watched it like eight times. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they move the mallets away from each other as they're as they're playing they're not just stuck in the same positions i it's it's incredible and they're playing it so casually too like <laughs> this is not a big deal you know they're right. playing la villa strangiato right right yeah i can't even imagine how long it must have taken them to you know plot this whole thing out and then to play it with each other perfectly man that's a lot of hours yeah it's very Rush like. Yeah, it's true. It's I mean, true. I'm still amazed that that Rush could do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this song is crazy. It is crazy. It really starts ramping up, you know, when the song ramps up. It's just amazing to watch them play. It's it's just a treat. It's unbelievable. And this thing that she plays, this marimba, is like an elephant in this room. It's the biggest <laughs> instrument I have ever seen in my life. And she's tiny. And she's tiny, but she's up and down the whole thing. It's really incredible. So check it out on YouTube. La Villa Strangiato by Kieber Tertulliano. Is that what you said? I think so. Just search La Villa Strangiato Marimba on YouTube, and this thing will come up. Yeah. Easy. So my last pick, Jer, and I'm not sure I'm going to get the pronunciation of this guy's name right. Brody Dolanyuk and Nina De Gregorio. Nice. How about that? Yeah, that's a good one. Tribute to Neil Peart, their version of Losing It. Mm. Check this out. Cancer slows in frantic pace and pain and desperation. Raking limbs and downcast face aglow with perspiration. Stiffens while lungs on fire with just the briefest pause. The flooding through the memories, the echoes of old applause And she limps across the floor And closes the bedroom door
This is just a beautiful version of the song, Jay. What, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, it's definitely uh, very faithful. Yes, yes. But still, you know, minds minds some new emotion, I think. Yeah, and if you watch the video, they have images of Neil Peart throughout it, and it's, yeah. you know, really tear-jerking. It's definitely a, a great inspired version. Yeah, and again, I don't know why I never heard this, but it's just fantastic. And Brody Dolanyuk is a musician, vocalist, and producer. In 2016, Jerry presented David Bowie, A Musical Odyssey, with the Kansas City Orchestra. Wow. And he's also co-creator of the touring tribute Yellow Brick Road, which I guess was an Elton John tribute. I would guess that too. Yep. He's also done touring symphony shows based on the music of Queen, The Who, The Rolling Stones, U2, and Journey. Wow. Yeah. It's all over the place. It's all over the place and clearly a big Rush fan. Now, Nina DiGregorio is a classically trained violinist, bass player, writer, and arranger. And on this, she's playing the electric violin. I mean, and the violin solo is incredible. Yeah, it is fantastic. And she's most well known for playing the electric rock violin. And uh, she's also in an electric violin group called the Femmes of Rock. Oh, really? She They, they did that a huge medley, right? Right. Well, the thing is, I wasn't going to add an extra track to this, but as I was researching Nina, I ran across this other video by the Femmes of Rock, and you'd seen this before? Yeah. Incredible. And Brody, the, the vocalist, appears on this as well, and the Femmes of Rock, are, they're all playing electric violins, and there's a bunch of other musicians as well. I could read, I could read off their names, but I probably can't pronounce them all. You can check them out on YouTube. Let's listen to that.
Now that was Brody on the vocals there, the same guy who oh, was really? on, in the Losing It video, yeah. And uh, the Femmes of Rock are an electric violin quartet, and Nina is the leader of that quartet. Yeah, it's definitely a uh, tour de force <laughs> version of all these songs. And the medley is Twenty One Twelve Overture, Xanadu, The Spirit of Radio, Tom Sawyer, YYZ, La Villa Strangiato, and then it wraps up again with Twenty One Twelve, the end of Twenty One Twelve. It's amazing. Yeah, it is absolutely amazing. It's true. So, Jared, what did you think of round two of our covers Odyssey? Well, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I can say. Did anyone else like it? That's the question. Uh, that's that's the million-dollar question every episode, Steve. <laughs> well, you'll have to email us at therushcast at gmail.com and let us know what you thought. And uh, one more thing before we wrap things up, Jer, uh, our buddy, yeah. Our buddy Ryan Reed had a new article out not too long ago. Okay. Rush live albums ranked worst to best. Did you see this? I did see that. And what did you think of Ryan's choices of the 11 live albums ranked? I disagree. You disagree. I, I respectfully disagree. <laughs> Why is that? Because all the world's stages ranked last. Yeah. All the world's stages ranked last. I mean, it, the first ranked is different stages, right? Yes. I I can see that though. Different stages is fantastic. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I would have put exit stage left as number one, but I'm a purist, I guess. Right. Well, I, I guess it's the same thing we talked about when we talked to Ryan. Something's got to be number eleven. Something does. Something mm -hmm. does. And no matter what he put at number eleven, someone was going to say, "How can he pick that for number 11? That's great because they're all great. Yeah, that's true. But there's just something about all the world to stage that, you know, isn't a bottom lister to me, if you ask me. I understand, but but I think the sound quality of it is the reason he picked it last. Yeah. And I, I would guess that the sound quality it's gotta be the worst sound quality wise out of all all the albums. It has to be. Yeah. It's raw. I like I like it though. That's why I like it. All right. Well we agree to disagree with Ryan as we always do. And we love his work. <laughs> It's true. So another thing I wanted to do before we wrap things up, Jer, I emailed you the other day and said, hey, let's do something fun since we're doing Rush covers. Why don't we come up with a name for our Rush cover band? If we had a Rush cover band, what would we name it? Right. And I said, let's come up with some names. And you said, great idea. And I said, great idea. We thought it would be easy to come up with great Rush cover band names. It's not. No, it's not at all. So what I did was I went through every Rush song, and I didn't want to pick the name of a Rush song. That would be too easy. But I wanted to mine the lyrics of the songs, like Lotus Land did. That's a great name for a Rush cover band, Lotus Land, right? That's from Xanadu. Sure is. Yep. So I figured I could do the same thing. I'll sift through all these lyrics, and I'll find easily 20 great band names. But I did not. <laughs> It was hard. I gave up pretty quickly. Did you come up with any? No, I didn't come up with any. <laughs> which ones did you? Which ones did you come up with? Do you have any that you actually came up with? Uh, so the first one I thought of was suggested to us by Tim Starachi of Why Why Not. Remember okay. the cask of forty three? Oh yeah. Okay. He was going to use that for their band name, and I think that's a great one. So there's that. Yep. So the first one I came up with 
could be for a death metal band, Tobes of Hades. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Right? Yeah. That's good, right? Yeah. They get worse from there, though. <laughs> from the Fountain of Lameth, Whiteness of Confusion. What do you think? Whiteness of Confusion. Is unfolding in my mind from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, uh, that has possibilities. It, it depends on the band, really, right? Whiteness of Confusion. What kind of band would that be? I don't know. Psychedelic covers? Maybe. I don't know. From Vital Signs, I came up with two. Feverish Flux <laughs> okay. and Internal Incoherence. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> I like that one. Internal Incoherence. Kind of hard to say, but I like it. The next couple I'm not so sure of. How about Absalom? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. You like that one? Yeah, that's going to have to be a metal a metal band, I think, Absalom. Yeah, a metal Rush cover band. Yeah, absolutely. And how about this one from Red Sector A? Sickness to Insanity. No? Mm, that sounds like an album title more than an al- a band name. Oh, that could be Absalom's album title. How about that? <laughs> right. Sickness to Insanity. <laughs> now, I don't... You and I are just kind of like obsessed with band names, right? Oh, yeah. I do this all the time. I do it all the time. I, like, it, any phrase that somebody says, I'm like, oh, that's a good band name, or that's a terrible band name. I just love doing it. And I used to do it a lot, too, because I don't know if you ever see those uh, sign generator uh, things. You could put anything you want, like on a church sign. or. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the one that I used to do was the Roseland Ballroom marquee. Remember Roseland? I don't think it's still around. Yes. And I used to put a whole bunch, whatever, like whatever I heard that day or something like that, I would put it up. I'm going to read you some of those. They have nothing to do with Rush though. Oh yeah. Let's hear them. I'll try to cherry pick the good ones. Uh, the Faithful Heretics. Oh, that's a good one. Is that a good one? Yeah. yeah. The Happy Servants. <laughs> Is that a good one? Stuck Between Your Teeth. <laughs> that's probably a jam band. I'm thinking that one's a jam band. Okay. Uh, Immigrants in the old country. I'm not sure. I like that one. <laughs> how about super saturated? Eh. <laughs> okay. How about the Watergate hotel? Oh, I like that one. It's a good one, right? Uh, how about the denatured? The denatured. Okay. Yes. This is my favorite. The definite article band. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess would be the, the. Yes. Um, let me see. Midnight bus shelter. (laughs) (laughs) Little red haired girl from Charlie Brown, right? (laughs) From Charlie Brown. (laughs) Uh, let's see a couple more. How about the, the biostatics? I like that one. Company milk, company milk, company (laughs) milk. And this is a good one too. I think drug holiday. Oh, that's great. You know what I think we've done? We've opened the floodgates, Jer. The emails are going to come pouring in at therushcast at gmail.com with band names. Oh, absolutely. Just keep them coming. Keep them coming. We want to hear specifically your Rush cover band names. What was that one you mentioned before the podcast that, that's an actual band that's really good? Uh, Cygnus and the Sea Monsters. That's great. <laughs> that's fantastic. I love that name. Yeah, it's a good name. So, Jared, one more thing before we wrap things up. Yes. I was checking out the Rush is a Band blog, our buddy Ed Stenger. 
Yep. Good old Ed. Posted this uh, just a few days ago. Coda Records releasing six new limited edition Live Rush picture discs in Europe. Live Rush? Live Rush, yeah. Different dates? The titles include Rush, Finding My Way, a 1974 live radio broadcast. Rush, A Passage to Syrinx, 1980 live radio broadcast. Rush Radio Waves from 1980. Rush Flying by Night, 1974 radio broadcast. These must be amazing. Rush 2112 live in concert, live radio broadcast. And Rush Hemispheres, The Last Night from Holland, 1979, live radio broadcast. Oh, wow. I hope that sounds good. I'm sure it does if it's a radio broadcast. Yeah. And I just don't, I don't know how we get them though. In Europe, we got to get some connections in Europe, someone to uh, get these for us and send them our way. You know, I used to love picture discs back in the, back in the day. I had a blondie one. It was, it was awesome. I should have kept all of those. I don't know what happened to them. Sold them in a garage sale, maybe. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> With all my CDs. Hope you have a quote for us, Jared, to wrap things up today. I do. I figured I would just uh, go with a good old Fly By Night since we played the Why Why Not version. Nice, nice. Fly By Night away from here. Change my life again. Fly By Night. Goodbye, my dear. My ship isn't coming, and I just can't pretend. You know, now that we're vaccinated, Jared, maybe our ship is coming. We can fly <laughs> by night again. Maybe we can. That'd be great. That would be great. Take it easy, Jer. All right. See you later.